Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Today, we are actually finishing this series called It's Good News. Say say it's good news. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit anointing. I don't know if you you were here, but if you missed that, check it out, because I just think it was powerful. It comes out of Luke um, 4, but um, the Holy Spirit anointing is that power that proves the good news. It's power that proves the good news. So um, the cool thing about last week is and when I was praying for that Holy Spirit anointing, I said, Lord, I just need, I, I need to, I, I want you to come and just sh- like prove it, right? And so we met with someone uh, right after <clears throat> church and they told us that during the service, um, as I was talking about you know, how uh, Jesus wants to deliver you, that the Holy Spirit anointing delivers and breaks oppression. She said, in that moment, literally, the oppression that she'd been living with in her soul for so many years was released. I said, wow, thank you, God. And she, she was like, is this one and done? Just saw her today. She goes, it was, it was done, it's over. It's over. She, she'd been dealing with uh, the oppression of shame. And uh, oh man, that's a big one, right, for people. Like just living with shame or regret, what it is, whatever it is. And she was delivered. And I thank God. I thank God for him doing that. The Holy Spirit doing that. So it's really powerful to understand that you have an anointing um, when you pray, uh, wait, wait, the things that, that God wants you to do is, is going to happen through you because of the anointing. It's a supernatural ability to reach people for Jesus. So I love that. And Paul said this um, in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, and this is kind of where we're going to go today. But And so it was with me, says brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence of human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I determined or resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Look at this guy. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but look at, with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom, but on God's power. Don't you love that? So what was this demonstration of the Spirit's power? No doubt it was salvation. There's nothing greater than when someone gets born again. Someone gives their heart to Jesus and the actual Spirit of God, God himself, comes and lives in a heart. That's the greatest miracle ever. But there's more, I believe. Paul was talking about a demonstration of the supernatural and a demonstration of, I believe, supernatural healing, body, soul, and spirit. And I'll explain that. So as as I give you this message today, and, and as, I, as we learn about healing, um, it's not just for us personally. It's really learning how to go outside these four walls and help someone find healing in their own lives. Maybe right in your own family. It's about what do I do? So whenever you go into a situation where, where you uh, see someone hurting, they're, they're, they, they need healing inward or outward, go in first with compassion. Say compassion. And then going with confidence, say confidence. I believe those two are needed when, when talking about bringing healing to someone's life. Compassion and confidence. So if you look around society, people are sick, stressed out, in despair. Really, uh, they're, 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 at, they're at their absolute limit, but they're also desperate for answers. And I don't think they want to hear philosoph- philosophical arguments, political agendas, 
or given another self-help book. I believe the only way the world will be impacted is by standing face to face with a life that demonstrates the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid. This is all good stuff. See, I believe we're entering into a season of miracle signs and wonders. I, I, I believe it. I, you know, for years I'm in church, I'm thinking, Lord, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be more. Like, I know this is great. I love going, coming to church. I love singing songs. I love doing all those things. But listen, I always think, man, there's got to be more. And I know there's more, but I really think that the church has been under a heavy attack from the enemy for so many years, literally keeping us from experiencing the supernatural power of God. I believe it. That's what he loves. He, he loves to keep us, steal, kill, and destroy the thing that God wants to get to us. So I think that his time is so short and it's almost over that I believe God is going to begin to release these miracle signs and wonders again through us. It's going to be phenomenal. We're already seeing the beginnings of it. And I believe that healing is one of those things that proves the demonstration of the Spirit because God loves healing. Is that somewhat controversial part of life in Christianity? It's that area that can offer a bit of confusion, but it doesn't have to. Healing is a promise from God, listen, that cannot be broken. Do you hear that? God doesn't break promises, he breaks chains. God doesn't break promises, he breaks chains. But I understand the frustration. I understand the many questions people have about this subject. I might have about this subject. But I hope to answer some of those questions today. I hope to put to rest, listen, the frustrations and especially the accusations of the evil one towards God and towards God's people. Today I want to lead you out of your pain, out of your past, out of your confusion, and into the very character and the love and the healing power of God. And at the end of this service, I want to pray over you for God to reveal himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, if he hasn't already. See, healing is a part of the good news and a very important part. Look at this in Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. That was a great message, I thought, just from God about the Holy Spirit. Because he has anointed me, that's the Holy Spirit anointing, to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor, everyone. Look at He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The very first action word related to preaching the good news is healing to heal the brokenhearted. That literally means healing for the entire person, body, soul, and spirit. That's what that means. He cares about all of you, the entirety of you. Bible says, may, may the God of peace keep your body, soul, and spirit blameless or whole at the coming of the Lord. <laughs> right? That means before Jesus comes again, God wants to bring deliverance and healing, all those things that might keep you back in life, bring them into your life, right? Before he comes. When Jesus healed the sick, he said that healing was proof that he was the Messiah. He said it was proof that he had authority on earth to forgive sins. It was evidence that the kingdom of God had arrived. Evidence of God's love. This is Jesus talking. Evidence of God's power. And, the, and listen, healing 
was one of the primary ways he taught his disciples to evangelize or to spread the good news. Healing, the primary ways. Healing the sick was the commission to his disciples then, and healing the sick is the commission to his disciples now in 2021 and beyond. It was the central part of his ministry. Matter of fact, most, most references to his ministry mentioned that along with his teaching and preaching, he healed the sick. So why was healing so important to Jesus? Now, I could give you a handful of answers, but I want to give you the main one. Healing was important to Jesus because it was important to the Father. I, I know the enemy wants to take he wants to take Jesus and the Father, and he wants to separate them, but they're one. He wants you to think that God is some big, huge mushroom cloud that you can't talk to, that, that you can't, but God is, he, Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Do you know that? If you want perfect theology, just look to Jesus. He says, I only do what the Father tells me to do, Right? He shows me what to do, and I do it. Did you guys get that? So when Jesus came to earth, he's showing us, hey, the Father's here, <laughs> right? The Father is here. Do, can we settle that, right? They're not, they're, they're, they're separate in their attributes, but they're the same. They're one. Just like the Holy Spirit's one with them, right? They're all one. Same. Different responsibilities, but the same. So the Father's heart is to heal God says this about himself in Exodus, I am the Lord who heals. It's just who he is. So Jesus is perfect theology. He's just imitating his father. Now, when we talk about healing, please do not limit it only to physical healing. This is so important. Please do not limit healing to only physical healing because God has a, a goal of reaching much deeper than we realize. He wants to heal the soul of the person. The soul of the person. Come on. Remember that? We said the spirit is in the belly. Out of the belly flows the spirit. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. A lot, of times we, a lot of times we live out of this area. Come on. Instead of being led by the spirit, whatever's in this soul, there's a lot of good stuff in here. But sometimes there's some trauma. Sometimes there's some hurts and wounds in this soul. And what it does is it quenches the spirit. Spirit just wants to get out, right? The Holy Spirit just wants to get out. And sometimes it stops. When people say, oh, man, I'm so tense. I'm so frustrated. I'm worried. Soul. That's why we got to give God. What the, give God the, the, the worry in your soul. Start worshiping him. Come on. Let him clean out the soul. You guys still here? God cares about the inner person. Because the truth is physical pain is tough, but emotional pain, even tougher. But Jesus has his eye on both. Please know that. As a matter of fact, it's not the entire good news if some sort of healing isn't happening. Paul said it in Romans 15, 18 through 19. He says, yeah, I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. Bring the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. Look at this. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's spirit. Look at it. In this way. In what way? In the miraculous signs and wonders by the power of God's spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ. In other words, the good news fully presented will include healing. 
So I think over the years, the enemy has infiltrated the church, Christian leaders, and has almost removed that part from the body of Christ. Like I said, we've been under attack. Don't, like, ne- never, never get down on another Christian. They're trying hard. You don't get down on pastors. They're trying. Matter of fact, I believe pastoring a church, leading in any way, leading as a Christian, is the hardest job you'll ever do in your life because those leaders are under such spiritual attack. You don't even know. So whenever you see a pastor say, thank you, or a leader, or anybody leading in a ministry, any Christian leader say, wow, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Amen. Well, not me. I mean, you too. Clap for yourself. You guys are leaders. There is no job. It's, it, it's the greatest job in the world, but it is the most difficult job because the, uh, the enemy hates the Christian leader. He hates the man or the woman leading in their homes. Kind of hates them because they're making a difference. That wasn't even in my notes, so that's just for you, sir, ma'am, whoever you are. Uh, When the good news comes, healing comes too. So the physical healings that Jesus performed were the major part of the miraculous signs and wonders. And again, the main reason for healing is because it's the Father's heart. Let me address some roadblocks, and this is where I want to go. I've noticed this in the Bible that, that in my years of ministry, that again, our enemy wants to keep people from experiencing healing. As a matter of fact, um, I think, you know, what he tries to do is he tries to get us to be law-based or have a religious mindset. Um, and, and when we get into that, I've noticed that people who have religious mindsets, when, when you're talking about divine supernatural healing, they're going to get mad. They did back then. They still do now. Like if you approach them and say, I, I, think, I think Jesus can heal you. Well, okay, that's cool. Um. My thought is, why would anybody want to deny or even debate the truth and give from God? Why would anybody want to just <laughs> reject that? Because the devil has, is also very religious himself. He wants to keep divine healing from God's people, from all people. He wants to hurt the inner soul, the body, and the strength of a person. The devil hates us, but God so loves us that he gave us Jesus, Jehovah, Rapha, to bring healing to us all. So let me give you a few perspectives for a moment. Let me give you first the original perspective. In the beginning, it was perfect and was supposed to stay perfect. Paradise right here on earth. But unfortunately, it was short-lived. You can read it for yourself in, in the beginning of Genesis. The fall, sin, the spread of evil, the spread of sickness. We now live in a fallen world, which was not God's original plan. And over the centuries, the result of that one sin has infiltrated the entire world, but God had another plan to bring Jesus to reverse that curse and reverse the effects and results of sin. So he put that instigator of sin, the originator of sin, under his feet. Jesus trampled on him to break him down, to crush him, and to shatter his strength, to make him a public spectacle. He brought him out in the open. See, in the Old Testament, He was veiled. In the Old Testament, the enemy could hide a lot easier. Do you know that? He hid behind the law. He hid behind all these areas where people are like, man, I can't see the devil. But when Jesus came, he exposed him. When Jesus came, he brought him out in the public. He said, oh, this is what he does. He is a stealer. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. So did you see that? When Jesus came, he exposed the darkness. 
I think that's so good. What was once hidden in the Old Testament is now in the open for all to see. He made crystal clear the motives and agenda of the enemy, and he made crystal clear the heart of God. We call it John 10, 10, the great divide. The thief has one mission, to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give life and life abundantly. He did not mix the two. The Old Testament, everything was muddied. Like, where's, who's the devil? Who's God? No, no, no. Let me just show you who God is and who the devil is. Devil bad, God good, more than good. The great divide, John 10, 10. Memorize it, speak it, get it into your heart because it'll help you in times when you wonder, God, where are you? What's your character? It'll show you right there what he wants to do for you. The original perspective that God intended is now found in Jesus. He's called the second Adam or the last Adam to restore us back to God. That's the, that is the original perspective. How about the eternal perspective? This is so important. Because obviously, eternal salvation through Jesus is the most important thing. Not physical healing, right? Someone who gives their heart to Jesus is the most important thing. They now live forever <laughs> with God, right? So, because the body's temporary. Jesus matters most. Whether you're here for a few days or many years, salvation is at the top of the list. It is kingdom priority. The ultimate purpose in life is to find Jesus, seek him on the mountaintop or in the valley, and the one question I ask myself is, why do we as human beings try to cling so tightly to this life when this life, this world, is not our final destination? But we do, don't we? We cling to people, we cling to stuff, because we think, oh, I just gotta, I, 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 I can't let it go. And God says, let it go. This is not our home. This is not our final destination. This is, we're just, this is a little pit stop. It's a vapor. It's so, you know, so we, so, so I, but I get it. We're human. There's no condemnation. I, I, I'm the same type of person. Sometimes I cling, but it's not until you let it go that you gain life. Here's another fact is that everyone that Jesus healed eventually died. Because there was another place they're heading, right? That's the Eternal perspective. And lastly, this is, how about the internal perspective regarding healing? What is God teaching us on the inside? What does he want to do on the inside? Because the inside is what matters most to God. The heart, the soul, the spirit of the person. But if God can heal the inside, he surely can heal the outside. Please remember, the devil wants to stop us. He wants to stop us from receiving healing and stop us from giving it. He wants to stop us from praying for people for healing. I'll never forget this story. I'm a worship pastor at Ionia years ago, and, and I get this call about someone that, that, that doesn't go to our church. They're just looking for someone to come pray, and they were, they were about 45 minutes away in the hospital. Their daughter um, had, had fallen into a coma. She, I think she was in an accident. She fell into a coma, and they asked for just a pastor to come and said, hey, I can come. So I get in the road, and I'm literally praying in the spirit, 
I'm praying in the spirit for 45 minutes straight saying, God, I know that resurrection power lives in me. Lord, I'm your vessel. I wanna, I wanna pray for this girl. So I get there and obviously the whole family is just troubled. They're, they're crying and rightly so. Their, their daughter's having a struggle. I said, what would you like me to pray? And they weren't really sure you know, what, they, what they wanted for prayer. And so it was kind of a, it was a different environment, but I said, Lord, I'm, I'm just gonna pray, the, the, pray for healing over her. I said, pray for healing, Lord, just heal her, God, and prayed that prayer that I know to pray. I left. I get a call two days later that she passed away. I was devastated. I was devastated because I thought, Lord, surely I was ready and surely, God, I know you're gonna work through me and surely this is your word and I was devastated and I'll tell you right now, that whole week I, I was like Eeyore and I was like, I was like just so, I was upset, I was sad, I was sad for the family and I was like, here I am, a, a leader, a Christian leader, I said, you know, I said, I'm not gonna pray for anybody else for healing. I just can't do it. I feel so paralyzed right now. I felt that way, so I felt, right, I'm human. I felt that way. And so the Sunday comes, and I'm up there leading worship, you know, just trying to put on a fake smile. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, I want you to pray for healing right now. And I'm, 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 I said, well, first of all, I ain't preaching. And secondly, there's only like five minutes left, God. <laughs> and I gotta get this done in five minutes. And so I'm, I'm and, and I, I said, probably not gonna happen. And I start playing some more, and I'm just saying, God, we love you. And, you know, God's like, yeah, right. And, uh, and, so, and so all of a sudden, I get to this place, and he says, I really want you to pray for healing. I said, fine. Pastor John, hey, I know we only got three minutes left, but apparently God wants, to pray, wants me to pray for healing. After all that just went through, he wants me to pray for healing. And, and Pastor John goes, well, you got about five minutes, whatever. And I said, well, let's, so I said, anybody need prayer for anything right now, come to the altar. And the altar was flooded. I said, oh my goodness, how am I gonna, how is this gonna happen? Nobody helped me. Maybe Emily did, but I'm there's like, there's like 50 people crashed at this altar. And I'm like, hello, will somebody help me? So I went around and I said, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be your love. God loves you. Forgive you. All these, I'm just saying these things. And I I sat down, I said, well, that stunk. I didn't do that right. Really, God, you can work in five minutes. And look at those words I said. I, I didn't even take time to be able to pray for people. And I sat down, true story, and our, one of our secretaries in our church, she said, oh my goodness, my foot's healed. She said, for the last five years, I've been in so much pain. My heel has hurt so bad. She goes, it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> I said, what? I said, that worked. And somebody said, my shoulder's healed. And I'm telling you, there were multiple healings that day for people. Moral of that story is, Dan, just because, listen, I'll say this in a few weeks, your single defeat doesn't mean your final defeat. You hear that? Your single defeat does not mean it's your final defeat. And, and I'll tell you, God just spoke to me. He says, Dan, I've got a mandate for you. And if it doesn't work out in the natural, you gotta keep praying. You gotta keep believing. You gotta keep praying for people. Pray the thing that I taught you to pray. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that. I'll never, I'll never do that again. So I will never do that again. It doesn't matter. It's not up to me. I can't heal a fly, but God can. 
but I'll just, I'll be obedient. You guys still here? Yeah. Internal investigation. It's okay, it's okay to, to say, God, uh, what are you doing internally? You know, he was building something in me. He was building some, some persistence in me and a not give up attitude in me. See, we don't realize this, but most healing doesn't happen instantly. Do you hear that? It doesn't happen instantly. And that's why people get discouraged. It takes time sometimes. God is working some things out. And sometimes there's just some roadblocks in the way that it's okay to ask the Holy Spirit, what's up? Show me what's up. Because I think all of us just want God to wave a magic wand, right? We do, like just wave it. But no, no, no. God wants to do some Holy Spirit investigation. He wants to get under the hood and tinker around. So let me say a few things and we'll get you going. Trials and tribulations, sickness and disease are circumstances that happen to all people, but we are not to make them our theology. They are separate from God in the sense that they do not originate from God. There's no sickness in God. There's no disease in God. There's no fear in God. There's no pandemic in God. There's no stealing in God or destroying in God. If that were the case, it would be a kingdom divided, right? Jesus doesn't make you sick to heal you. That's a kingdom divided, and that can't stand, the Bible says. It won't stand. So he says, no, my, my, my kingdom's firm, God says. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I am the Lord that heals. So, so, so we, we can't make that our theology, and, and many times we do. We get the two mixed up. Just, just, just be clear about who God is in his character. None of us would go home and pray for our kids to be sick right now, parents. We wouldn't, would we? We wouldn't. So some people say, well, God gave me this, so no, he. Mm -mm. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of life, and, and there's no, right, come on. So I think when we fall into that trap, we actually send a mixed message to the world, my friends. And I don't want you to get mad. I, I'm trying to lead you. This isn't about the past. This is about how can, you, how can we be led with compassion and confidence into the places that God sends us to help people heal. God wants to get you out of trouble. Psalm 50, verse 15. Then call on me when you're in trouble. And I'll rescue you. And you will give me glory. I love that. That's the heart of God. Bad things that happen originate from a fallen world we live in and the devil. They originate from the sin of Adam and Eve. They do not originate from God. It is not God's purpose for you to be badgered, to be bullied, to be depressed, oppressed, suppressed. God wants you blessed. He wants you free. He wants you to know that you're loved, to give you purpose and destiny, to give you life abundantly. It doesn't come from God, but God always works it out for our good and his glory. So I say, please don't make your, your sickness your theology. Please don't make your affliction your theology. So let me just do a little more in Holy Spirit investigation for a moment. You guys okay with that? Sometimes, sometimes people get themselves in trouble for lack of knowledge. Do you know that? Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Like there are things that just people don't know about God or don't want to know. One of the biggest debates and divides is, it comes in the church that says, is it God's will to heal or 
God, are you willing to heal me? Right? That's a big question that we have. Well, let me give you the answer from Jesus himself in Luke 5, 12 through 13. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus simply reached out and touched him and said, I am willing, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. My friends, he is willing, exclamation point, period, exclamation point, period, exclamation point. God is willing. One version says that he looked at him intently. It's kind of like Clint Eastwood did in all those movies when he's about ready to do something good. Kind of gave you those eyes. Wish I could do it. Just the perfect eyes from Clint Eastwood. That, that's not it. That's, that's a different look. It's constipation. No. Um, <laughs> listen. I believe that moment was a mic drop moment. Come on. I believe he showed up. He goes, and he says, um, son, <laughs> really? Boom. I'm, be, I'm willing. Boom. That's what he did. I believe that with all my heart. If you had a mic back then. See, whenever you're in trouble, whenever you have a need, when you need healing, please hear Jesus speaking this truth to you. I am willing. He's willing, but are we asking? This, here's another one. Are we asking? It's a very important uh, thing about, to God. It says, look, Jesus just wants us to ask. Have you ever been that? I've been that person. Says, no, I'm going to handle this myself. I can do this, God. You're busy. I'll, I'll figure this out. I, will, I can get myself healed. I'll just hunker down. And we don't ask. See, asking equals humbling. Come on. Humbling equals asking. <laughs> they go hand in hand. I get it. We're tough nuts to crack at times. Look at what Jesus says here to a blind man as he approaches Jesus. Jesus says this in Mark 10, 51. Blind man, what do, you want, what do you want me to do for you? Seriously? <laughs> Hello? Jesus? Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? My rabbi? The blind man said, I want to see. Duh. This is a no-brainer, right? Apparently not. It's not, it's not a no-brainer. What do you want? Jesus didn't say what he wanted. He didn't demand his way. He simply asked the question, what do you want? And Jesus would have given him what he wanted. But he needed to hear it from his lips because the Bible says that salvation is so close, right on the lips. And if I can just get my people to start asking for it, then I can give it to them. Well, I'm just, I don't feel worthy to ask. I mean, you know, would God, why would God do that for me? Why would he, you know? I mean, all these things that we go through that the enemy tries to keep us down from, listen, just ask, just. <laughs> it seems like my kids have gotten everything they've ever needed and more in their lives. I'm telling you, whatever they needed, they got. Now, they're not spoiled, but when they had a need, guess what? <laughs> Dad was going to go get it, right? And then some, right, Trev? And then some. I mean, we, we, we know, like, like our kids, like we love our kids so much. How much more does your heavenly father love you? 
give you, he won't give you a, if you ask for bread, he won't give you a stone. Come on. You guys still good? Are you asking? Because in just a few moments, I'm gonna ask you to ask God what you need. I want you to ask God. I, I want you to tell God. I, I, he's asking you, what do you need? I want you to tell God what you need. I don't know what you need, physical, emotional, but God wants to hear it from your lips. But sometimes if we do a little Holy Spirit investigation, sometimes the reason why people struggle with receiving healing because it's the fight. Hey, it's a battle out there. We fight the good fight of faith. We are to put on the armor of God. Listen, we're not going to a beauty contest. We're entering battle, right? And sometimes the fight gets the best of us, but nevertheless, we are called to fight and fight through the, to the best of our ability. And sometimes the fight gets the best of us and sometimes we fight through, right? Come on, it's part of life. Sometimes it's the fight. Sometimes it's just, I'm tired, tired, right? I remember Emily, uh, you know, when, when I was uh, leading worship, again, I was a worship leader, and, and I remember, um, you know, we'd go to church in the morning together, or, or she was there in front, or close by that I could see her, and there were multiple Sundays, three Sundays, when, um, when she wasn't there. And I said, where's Emily? Oh, she, they took her emergency room. What? Yeah, she's, she was throwing up. She, she, got, she got really sick. Um, and for three weeks in a row, and we, at first, I'm like, what is going on here? Took her to a doctor, and the doctor couldn't figure it out, what was going on. Well, we finally picked up that she was being attacked by a spirit of fear. She was literally being attacked by a spirit of fear. She couldn't eat. She was throwing up every 10 minutes, and we would lay in bed all the way through the night, throwing up. This is what we did. This is what we did. We fought, and I got out the word of God, and we got out worship music, and every time that she was feeling sick, I, we, would, we would confess the scriptures that by your stripes, Emily is healed. God, you sent your word and healed her, and she would get up, and she confessed, and I'll tell you something. 21 days, that devil was gone, but it was a fight. You know what that told me? <clears throat> a couple things it taught me. It challenged me. Do I really love my wife? Come on. Am I willing to get up every 10 minutes in the middle of the night when I got to go to work the next day to lay hands on her and pray for her and empty her bowl go get it clean, bring it back to her, get her a washcloth. It taught me a lot about myself, about my selfishness that I had to break through internally. And if I could prove to her that I love her, prove to God that I love her, it definitely shows me how much Jesus loved us. My goodness. It, it's quite the picture that happened in those 21 days of a fight. Jesus set his face like flint to the cross so that we could be healed and we could live for eternity. Sometimes it's a fight. Listen, sometimes it's the environment. This is so important. This may sound odd, but Jesus removed the chaos, the frenetic behavior, the wailing, the commotion in order to see Jairus' daughter healed. Look at this, Mark 5, 38 through 40. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jairus, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. Look it. But he made them all leave. You know, there are times, 
If you're living in an environment that there's just so much chaos and negativity and commotion, listen, the first thing you don't need to do is turn on CNN, constantly negative news in the morning. What I think you should do is turn on a worship song or get silent and open up God's word. Listen, get the environment of peace. It's a, there's a lot of times when there's so much turmoil and worry and frustration in a soul, it's really difficult for God to move. So Jesus made them leave. And sometimes you just got to quiet it down. You got to go to your room, right? Come on, kids. Pray and stop the strife. Anybody here? Sometimes it's the environment. Sometimes it's a spirit, a bad spirit. There are literal spirits who are commissioned to bring sickness, disease, and other physical problems. Did you know that? Here's one example, Luke 13. We're almost done, as far as you know. 13, 10 through 13. Look at this. I love this. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the churches on the Sabbath. And behold, there's a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Do you see that? 18 years. And was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. A spirit of infirmity. Every other disciple, every other brother and their sister came on the scene and saw that she needed a chiropractor. But Jesus said, Nuh uh, that's a spirit. That's a spirit. How you like that? I wonder how many personal struggles are due to an internal demonic attack from the enemy. And we just don't know it. We don't realize it. I believe that much, much of our problem today, racism, abortion, hatred, sickness, stress, is way more spiritual than you understand. And if we keep fighting each other, we'll never get it done. But if we can begin to attack the spirit of fear, the spirit of disease, the spirit of palsy, the spirit of infirmity, the spirit, come on. That's when we'll have victory. You got some problems in your marriage? Well, stop yelling at each other, right? Get down on your knees. Pray against that spirit of division, trying to divide you. Sometimes it's a spirit, sometimes it's forgiveness. I've witnessed firsthand emotional and physical healing occur when someone simply asked for forgiveness or offered forgiveness to the one that hurt them. Emily is clearly one of those people who offered forgiveness to her attacker and she got free and the other man got free. Here's the, here's the verse, Matthew 9, 1 through 2. Jesus climbed into a boat and went across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man and a met. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, stand up and walk. Oh, wait, no, it didn't say that. It says, be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. That's what it says. In other words, Jesus sees a man who's crippled. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, can't, I cannot heal you physically before I get this forgiveness into you. You got to know, young man, that you're forgiven. I got to get forgiveness in you right now. Do you see that? Of course he was crippled. He needed healing. But Jesus forgave his sin, right? He healed, then he healed him. There are times when we're praying for someone who wants healing, but they really need forgiveness. 
They've been loaded down with guilt and condemnation. They need forgiveness because unforgiveness or that kind of stress causes overwhelming stress to the mind and body and soul, causing it to fight and war against itself. The moral of that story is talk about your pain. Don't keep it inside. If you keep it inside, you'll only hurt yourself and the others around you. So have a talk with God about your pain. Have a talk with a friend. Forgive and be forgiven. Sometimes it's forgiveness. Sometimes it's pride. Almost done. Sometimes it's just refusing God's way. Come on. You know, God has multiple ways to bring healing, not just one. He can do it supernaturally, and he can do it naturally. See, I I think it's wrong to never go to a doctor. I've been healed through doctors. I'm so grateful for for physicians, for the healthcare community, because they're, they're knowledgeable. I love it. Sometimes... Sometimes we go, we, you know, or we go the other way. Say, Lord, I just need a supernatural healing. Both are okay, but, 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 but never disregard God's way. Timothy was told to drink some fermented grape juice for his stomach pain. Hezekiah was told to put some leaves over his boils. I think of a man when I first got saved and he stood up in service years ago and he said, well, I got bad news. of my body is filled with cancer. They only give me a few months to live. So we all rallied around him and prayed and said, Lord, heal him. God, bring bring healing power over this man. And he wasn't instantly healed. So he's driving around just in despair and discouragement, giving, giving his last rites. And all of a sudden, in the car on the radio station was an ad about a certain tea with some antioxidants that actually brought healing in cancer situations. So he said, I'm going to check this out. So he goes to this little mom and pop store where the, where the ad came from, and he walks and he says, hey, uh, just, I just heard on the radio that you carry some black tea or some tea that, that, that really helps cure cancer. And they said, huh, we don't do any ads on the radio. We don't have any ads on the radio. We can't afford it, they said. You hear what I'm saying? Like God showed up, he created an ad for this mom and pop store for him to get there. Long story short, he got that tea, he took it, and he got healed. He was completely healed from this, from this method and way that God had him take. Sometimes it's pride. James 4, 6 says, uh, but, but God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I would say, never be set in your ways. Come on. Just yield to God's way. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's faith. Come on, almost done. Sometimes it's faith. That's a pretty clear one, you know, numerous times. Mark 5, 34 says this. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, your suffering is over. Sometimes it's faith. Sometimes we just gotta say, Lord, help my unbelief. There's a difference between won't believe and can't believe. God can work with can't believe. Can't believe says, Lord, I'm having a hard time believing. Help me. He goes, oh, no problem. But won't believe it's really difficult for God to use. No, I'm not gonna believe that. I don't believe that. Angels, healing. (laughs) Sometimes it's faith. Listen, and lastly, listen. Sometimes it's the future. Now, let me explain that. Let me just say it this way. Papa knows best. Say, Papa knows best. He sees the future. He knows the outcome. He has all wisdom. He does not want people to be under prolonged agony or suffering. That's not his will. 
Jesus didn't stay on the cross for weeks. Right? There was an end to that. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And God doesn't want you to suffer, have a prolonged suffering. But here's the verse out of Isaiah 57, 1 and 2. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. Say before their time. But no one seems to care, wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. I prayed for so many people in all the years of ministry. We've had some miraculous healings take place. We've had people pass away. And the one thing I can say to that is, Papa knows best. Sometimes when someone is going through something difficult, it's better that we pray, God, take them home. Take them home. I remember the story of, of my, my very first pastor, and he said he went to, the, went to the hospital, hospital visit, and there was this elderly woman. She probably had a good 10 years left in her life. She was probably in her you know, 80s, and she was still going strong, but she'd fallen sick, and she's literally on the bed, and the pastor comes in and starts praying the supernatural healing. God, revive her. I pray for her body. I pray for everything to just resurrect right now. And all of a sudden, this old grandma takes her hand and pushes the pastor aside, <laughs> looks up, sits up in her bed, and literally sees Jesus herself and dies, saying, Pastor, that's a great prayer, but I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home. 78, 80 years is long enough. <laughs> Come on, everybody here today. Papa knows best because he knows the future. Now, don't make that your theology because it says before their time. Come on, hear that? Before their time. God doesn't, God doesn't take life, but he looks, he says, well, you know what? This is going to happen. But I'm looking at the back end of it. I'm thinking, huh, I don't want the paralysis. I don't want all this stuff to happen. I would rather just take my son home now. I'd rather take my daughter home now so they don't have to suffer anymore. Come on. Sometimes it's the future. So we say, God, thank you. This life is just a vapor. But I know there's so much overwhelming evidence that Jesus is the healer than there isn't. As a matter of fact, there's only one time in the Bible where Jesus couldn't heal anyone, everyone. It was his own hometown. Like I said, because of their unbelief. If I could sum up his ministry with one verse, it would be this one. Matt, Emily, why don't you come on up? Matthew 4:23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. Look it. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Jesus wants to prove the good news today by offering healing to us today, to heal the brokenhearted, to heal that which has been torn in pieces, broken down, wrecked, shattered, even crushed. Jesus wants to heal you. There are those of you in this place today that have experienced the healing power of God. Come on, you know it. I can look right in your face and say, yeah, I, I know that testimony, man, oh man. You received some incredible soul healing, even physical healing. Well, let me just tell you this. God's never finished. We're all works in progress. We work out our salvation, right? Sozo, healing, deliverance, 
with fear and trembling. So we're always working it out. So let me ask this question. No, no. Let God ask you this question. What do you want? Do you need healing for your body? Do you need healing for a soul wound from the past? Do you need healing in your marriage, your relationship? Do you need healing in your family? Um, what do you want? Because we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And really, actually, you're praying. <laughs> you're going to tell God what you want. But God, isn't it obvious? My marriage is, is having problems. Well, okay. But remember, you can't heal two until you heal one. You can't heal the marriage until you bring God your heart individually. What do you want? Let's stand up as we, as we finish. And we're just going to simple prayer from our heart. And this is you crying out to God, asking him if there's something you're going through in life that God wants to bring his healing power into your soul, into your body. He wants to resurrect something in your life. Something may have been holding you back, but now it's over. God is going to move. And I saw Jesus this morning when I was praying. I saw Jesus literally walking to every single person who wants him to come to. Now remember, he's here right now. We're two or three. Like imagine Jesus. He's going to walk to you. He's going to walk over to you. And he's going to lay his hand on you. He's going to put it on your soul. He's going to put it on that area. He's literally going to come and do it, which I love. He also showed me that in this place, there's so much power for God to do anything. For with God, nothing is impossible. So whatever you're going through is not too big. Would you just lift your hands as we finish to receive what God has for you? But I want you to, listen, what do you want? What do you want? Tell him, what do you want? What do you want? Take a few minutes, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And it's okay to pray for somebody else. I want you to pray for you right now. You can pray for someone else. I, know, I got some people on my heart that need prayer right now. But Dan, what do you want? Dan, what do you want from me? Well, I want to go to the next level. I don't want anything to hold me back. So God, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And right now, Jesus is walking. Just imagine him touching. He's coming to you. He's laying hands on you right now. Jesus himself. Oh, I love this. He's just laying his hand on your mind. He's laying it on your shoulder. He's, he's coming to you. He's showing you, first of all, that he loves you so much. He loves you so much. He's coming into your life. You're inviting him, and he's removing the shame. He's, oh, some of you have been so rejected in your life. And sometimes you get so defensive, you don't know where it comes. It's a wound. They rejected you over and over again. And now God wants to touch that. He's laying his hand on that rejection, and he's cauterizing the wound. He's healing it right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Somebody here needs to know that uh, God is going to do it again for you. He's going to do it again for you. Come on. Maybe you've experienced some healing before. Maybe you've experienced a level of breakthrough before, and you need it again. He's going to do it again. While we were worshiping today, and we were singing about God's faithfulness, I realized that God has given us a picture every single day of his faithfulness. Night after night after night, the sun rises again. 
the sun rises. And here's what he said in Malachi 4, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you'll go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. So after every dark time that you experience in life, the son of righteousness is going to rise again for you. Today he's going to rise again for you with healing in his wings again. He's going to do it again for you. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that yes. the sun is rising. Come on. The sun, Jesus, you are the son of righteousness with healing in your wings. You are rising again after our dark and painful times, Lord. After our times where we experience some painful, dark thoughts, Lord. You're rising again with healing in your wings. There's healing for souls here. People who've been struggling through depression, uh, dark depression and oppression of the enemy. The son of righteousness is rising again today with healing in his wings. So we bind depression and fear right now in Jesus' name. We bind you anxiety. You have no place here. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And again, we receive breakthrough. And again, we receive your healing, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are walking around and you are touching the places that you know are the most painful. Lord, in the hearts and in the souls. There's broken hearts in this place, Lord. There's broken hearts and you're mending them. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can do it, Lord. And time and time and time again, you're continually faithful. Thank you, Lord. You're healing backs right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You're touching those backs where the pain is. You're healing a neck right now in Jesus' name. We speak to the muscles and we thank you, Lord, that they're loosening and softening. You're taking away the stress and the heavy burdens from the shoulders, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're removing that pain, Lord. The pain in the soul, Lord. That sharp pain in the soul. That reminder of something that's very hurtful, Lord. You're removing that right now. And, Lord, you're pouring your spirit into that place. You're pouring your peace. Your peace, Lord, into that place. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing it again. Thank you, Lord, for another level of healing. Another level of breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, your yeah. love for your people, God. Yes. Praise you, I'll Jesus. say this, say, I am healed, I'm forgiven, and I am loved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right. Woo. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.